0: 5:00 am and online. This, this is, is your CUNY's s- student s- radio station. S- you are live.
1: Good evening at 6pm. Now I use our... Coming up on tonight's show... No. We have a new UC team for next year with Sam Maguire being elected as union
2: presidents. I didn't think I was actually gonna win. I, th- I thought it'd be very tight, but first of all I was surprised and then it was just a bit overwhelmed. Like I was so, so delighted, but it was just this really overwhelming feeling.
1: We'll hear from him later and we'll have a rundown of all of the other results from Friday night. Also on the show, mental health. It was an issue that was at the forefront of the campaigns for welfare and community officer. We'll hear from Jemima Busby about her scheme Good Day, Bad Day and about her Halifax marked Eating Disorder Week last week. Also before seven, our new Vice Chancellor, Cohen Lambert, has been in the job for a term now. But does anyone actually know who he is?
3: No idea. No, I don't know who that man is. I, I have no
1: idea. idea I've never is. seen
3: this man before
1: we'll be looking at what we know about the new man in charge later plus after the body of megan roberts was found in the river ooze after the week over the weekend you see have put forward a plan for a street angels type scheme in york we've got all the details later and also we'll hear about the giving to york week which is happening at the moment too all that and lots more to come between now and seven. First, though your latest URY news headlines with harry gagan the URY news hour with ben Basin. Harry, thank you very much indeed. Good evening and welcome to the URY News Out. It's three minutes past six. Sam McGuire has been elected as UC president. He won the position which was contested by nine candidates in the seventh round of voting with 1,906 votes to Dan Whitmore's 1,390. The results of the elections were announced in the Roger Kirk Centre on Friday night. Here's how the presidential results panned out.
4: These are candidates for union president. We have...
5: Miserations to those candidates. Let's find next out thing. next round.
4: Second round. The quote said is 2,100. How are we looking? <laughs> Which sees Fred Isaac
5: eliminated. Fred Isaac is eliminated. Next round. isaac daniel nolan eliminated cheers going up at the roger kirk <laughs>
4: tom
5: clark is eliminated tom ac gone third round controversial some may say the lobster is eliminated
4: the next round the quota is 1,981 how are we looking
5: five candidates remaining
4: Andy Lake and Dylan
5: Chambers are eliminated both Andy Lake and Dylan Chambers are out of the race the
4: penultimate round
5: good luck the everybody the quota is
4: 1,981
5: Josie two candidates remaining Dan Whitmore and Sam Maguire good luck both of you
4: the quota is one
1: earlier i caught up with uc president alex sam mcguire to see how he was feeling Sam, a few days have passed now since you were elected UC president. Um, how are you feeling? Is it, has it sunk in?
2: It hasn't. It's just been so busy since I, I won. Because I'm third year, um, you don't really stop. I've got, had so much work to do and stuff. I haven't really properly processed it yet. It, I'm just so happy, but it's still not really hit me. I think when everyone leaves and it I calms down a bit, then it, it'll all really properly hit me. So um, how did you feel on that night when your, your name was announced as the winner? Surprise, first of all. Um, I didn't think I was actually going to win um, I, I thought it would be very tight but first of all I was surprised and then it was just a bit overwhelmed like I was so so delighted but it was just this really overwhelming feeling um, I can't really describe Mm-hmm.
1: So um, have you had a chance to talk to Callum Taylor? Obviously, he, he was in your, your position two years ago as UC president Alex, ready ready to start.
2: Yeah, I, I talked to Callum a little bit on Friday. Um, and then, as I say, I've got two presentations next week, so I haven't really seen anyone uh, or, or done any, anything apart from work since. But, yeah, no, he's, he's been really lovely and, and probably given me a hand so far.
1: So 5,318 people voted in the elections. Uh, yep. Two more people than last year. Um, were you surprised by that? Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I was surprised. Yeah. Um a little bit because um last year obviously the, he kind of had that callum factor where he was running for a second year obviously a lot of people knew him um but i think the candidates this year did a, quite a good job of engaging people um trying to do uh, trying to engage them in different ways as well because uh, i think everyone cottoned on to that um everyone was going to go into lecture shouts and things like that so then people were having to come up with new and inventive ways like danny's puns were absolutely fantastic they were really funny uh and uh, Dylan had his big box, obviously, but the people were having to be more creative and more inventive, and I think that maybe showed in the in in, in the um, turnout. But it wasn't exactly masses bigger than mm. last year. Anyway, it was only two people. Yeah. So
1: um, you start in the position um, over summer. Yeah. So what's the plan between now and then? Is it try and get the degree done?
2: <laughs> get the degree done first of all. Uh, dissertation handing is halfway through May, so we'll get that in, and then after that, I'm really going to start thinking. Uh, and talking to as many people on the, the kind of the weeks after submissions because um, during summer, one of the, the worst things is that apart from really master students and PhD students, there's not many people about to talk to or get their feedback on things and it's quite hard to contact people so I'm going to try and do as much as I can uh, as well um, learning from Callum during those few weeks and stuff going with him to meetings maybe uh, learning the ropes a bit during those few weeks so I can properly hit the ground running after
1: Were you pleased with the uh, rest of the South candidates that were uh, elected?
2: Yeah they're all fantastic um, I've was really not really too fussed by all the other candidates in terms of I was mostly concentrating on my own race but had a little eye on them and I'm really pleased with the team they're absolutely fantastic bunch and I think that's something we're going to really work on is that team ethic and, and working together and making sure we can kind of make you see a bit more um, cohesive and um, in, the, in the past maybe people have done their own jobs and not really worried about the whole overall running of it and I think if we It's one of those horrible buzzword business words that I've learned in my course, but synergy. Make sure every uh, every part works together uh, and works to one aim. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So looking forward to starting
2: then? Can't wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be uh, a really fun year. A lot of stress, a lot of late nights and uh, things like that, but it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Sam Maguire talking to
1: me a bit earlier there. Well, let's have a look at some of the other positions that were elected on Friday. Cass Brown retained her title as York Sport president, beating Dave Washington. She told you why she was over the moon.
6: Yeah, I'm feeling fantastic Um, on top of the world. I'm so happy. I'm <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I don't want to say I'm really drunk, so that's all I said last year in this interview, but I am and so thank you love you
1: the race for student activities went to two rounds of voting with Chris Wool eventually coming out on top the quota
6: for
5: Indeed, how do you feel right now?
0: I honestly don't believe it. I mean I, I didn't believe it when my friends started shaking me and screaming and and I mean that was very close and I always knew it was going to be a close race because uh, both Harry
1: and Beth have been incredible this entire 2 week campaign. Um and yeah, I, you know I'm I, I I I'm not speechless often. <laughs> I'm not often left with not <laughs> This isn't the time say. to be speechless, Chris.
5: No, I I'm gonna know. Be honest. I'm
1: I, look, I'm overwhelmed and <laughs> I honestly will do everything I can. I've had the time of my life at York University and I want to make sure that everyone who comes through has that experience as well current welfare and community officer george offer was elected as academic officer in the first round of voting he gave his reaction on stage
5: thank you so much um, it's been a great two weeks josh and robin it's been a pleasure running against both of you um, i mean i don't even know what else to say to be honest uh, thank you so much for everyone who voted that was i'm pretty sure that table down there has to drink now i said that phrase uh, this one is for jason
1: and Jemima Busby beat both Beth Campbell and Grace Winpenny to the position of welfare and community officer.
7: a massive response for the crowd were you expecting that not at all I mean I'm in shock um, the tears have already arrived but I've managed to hold it in again now well, you were running as a buzzy bee you had two tough candidates you had the Superman really and the sunshine yeah how was it running against those two candidates they They were amazing and really kept me on my toes the whole time and I was constantly intimidated by them so I worked ten times harder <laughs> um, and yeah thank you so much to them because um, they really showed me how much of a tough race it was so well, yeah race and left did very well there yeah. moment on your campaign what were the best moments oh my gosh i think i don't know just realizing how crazy it was to be in the campaign at all and just being like i can't believe i'm doing this and putting myself out there but it's completely worth it and i'd encourage anyone to take part
1: well, now let's look at, take a look at some of the other results of the night. Neil DeCata and John Olatunji, won BME officer. Thomas Ron was re-elected for a second term as disabled students officer. Ollie Dugoyd and Charles Pottle are now our environment and ethics officers. Ashna Segal one international officer. Maddie Bowden is LGBTQ officer. Mature students officer was won by Victoria Gladwin and Craig Hutchinson. Our new RAG officers are Georgia Patton and Sarah Routon Harriet Page and Ollie Rowley were elected as volunteering officers and women's officer was won by Peggy Lockwood-Lord and Emily Inglis. The non-officer positions saw Liam O'Brien elected as policy coordinator and Harry Toynton as student trustee. Our NUS delegates are George Offer, Lloyd Wallace, Beth Curtis and Dan Whitmore and finally our student trustees are Thomas Clark, Stephen Harper and Anana Zaman. The turnout in the election was just slightly up on last year with two by two vote voters. 5,000 318 students voted overall, with the most students voting in Van Langwith College. 46.4% of students there had their say. The UOI
7: News Hour with Ben Basin.
1: Listen into the URI News Hour, just coming up to quarter past six. Now, last week was Eating Disorder Awareness Week, which saw several projects happening across campus to raise the profile of the problems people face in terms of body image. URI's Karis Brain is here to tell us more. Karis.
6: Thanks, Ben. Yes, the 24th of February to the 2nd of March saw the eating disorder charity BEAT run a week-long campaign to raise awareness and improve understanding about eating disorders. 1.6 million people in the UK suffer from some kind of eating disorder and BEAT offers a to those affected and their families. So in line with Eating Disorder Awareness Week, Halifax College Welfare launched their own campaign to promote and support knowledge on campus. They followed the lead of the international campaign Operation Beautiful by leaving positive letters around the university as well as setting up a love, love your body wall in Halifax JCR JJ's. Earlier, I spoke to the college's
8: welfare rep, Jessica Smith, about what they've been doing. We really wanted to do something on eating disorder awareness week, but we wanted it to be something that was approachable for everyone and that kind of everyone can get involved with because eating disorders affect so many people, like male and female and all across university. And there are such a variety of different types of eating disorders that we thought we'd try and focus on something that was common between them. So kind of self-image and body dysmorphia and things like that
6: so has the participation been quite good i know that you sort of put letters in the library there was a wall in jj's that people yeah could put comments and stuff
8: on did you find that people were really taking to it participation was much better than i expected especially for the letters i half expected to come back the next day and them all be there or them all be on the floor or in the bin or something but most of them i never saw again and i got quite a lot of facebook messages and texts from people saying that we've just found your letter which was really great and the wall as well more people wrote things on it than i expected
6: do you think this type of campaign something you're gonna go back to and maybe continue
8: doing for maybe the next couple of years or something yeah definitely i think i'd like to expand it every year we wanted to i don't know if you've seen the dove advert we wanted to recreate that but it was quite difficult because it's quite difficult to find someone that has that level of sketching ability without actually seeing the person they're sketching but hopefully if we run it again next year we'll be able to spend quite a lot of time trying to find someone that would be willing to do that.
6: Do you think that awareness of body images and body dysmorphia and stuff is something that's
8: been lacking on campus so far? It's something that people don't really talk about very often because with a lot of people in the same space there tends to be, from my experience, there's a lot of kind of comparison with people that you live with and people that you go to lectures with and yeah there's a lot of people that you're seeing constantly but there's not it's not really kind of discussed so you think that this type of campaign can really get people talking and help to rectify that do you think yeah, I think so. I mean even if it's just people reading the letters and thinking, What were they thinking? That's so cheesy and weird, they're still discussing. And the wall as well, people come in and they say, Oh, I don't like my knees, but <laughs> uh didn't realise other people didn't
6: either. So do you think that perhaps more needs to be done to push the university and maybe even USU to launch more campaigns against mental health
8: problems? I think it's definitely something that it would be really beneficial to do more on. The good day, bad day campaign was great, but I think that there aren't really very many and i think one of the main problems is that people don't know who to go to as well so even if it's just a campaign on these are the people that you can talk to if you're worried about yourself or you're worried about a friend because i think that even though there are loads and loads of people to talk to a lot of people that aren't that don't actually know those things don't get to find out who those people are yeah exactly so more needs just be done to maybe just signpost
6: if anything else That was Jessica Smith talking about how Halifax Welfare have been helping to improve understanding and support about body image and eating disorders across campus. But the Halifax campaign is not the only thing happening on campus at the moment, which is trying to raise the profile of mental health at York. Earlier this year, Tay Whitehead and our newly elected welfare officer, Jemima Busby, set up Good Day, Bad Day to encourage people to start talking about their problems with mental health. They've been posting blogs and videos on the UC website and asking people to use the hashtag good day or bad day on social media to share their experiences. They told me more about the scheme.
7: The good day bad day campaign is basically a way of getting students to begin to talk about mental health but we wanted to start by getting people just to talk about how their day was going. We didn't want it to be a right let's talk about mental health tell us your whole life story and all your personal details. We wanted people to be able to just say actually I'm having a bad day and that actually is part of mental health that actually if you're just if you're just stressed or whether it's a diagnosed problem that's you know that's where it can start so if we're open about the little things then it's a lot easier to talk about the bigger things that are going on. Are you Mm. finding that
6: people are responding quite well to it and opening up and stuff?
7: Yeah mainly when the blogs go out I think that's when we get our biggest response I had someone who messaged me and you don't even suspect that they have any sort of mental health problem and a lot of guys actually have been saying it's been really helpful because they've never had anyone talk as openly as we have
6: That is really the main problem is that mental health's not the same as somebody being sick you can look absolutely fine mm, yeah. and yeah. people just don't know yeah.
7: who has a problem and who yeah. doesn't so getting people to yeah. say how they feel and know yeah. that other people are in the same situation and to, just to identify with the fact that actually you know i've heard a lot of people say if you've got a broken leg you go to the doctor and you treat it quite practically why are we not doing the same for mental health do you see that as
6: being the main problem is the stigma you know you you have a headache you take some mm-hmm. paracetamol but once
7: you have to sort of take antidepressants or something yeah, it's yeah a much definitely. bigger problem. especially with like the shame like you don't want people to know you're on medication but mm. if, you, if you're even on, on antibiotics you know yeah. you'd happily tell people yeah but it's just because people don't really know how to react because they're so uneducated about it and in the films when people hurt themselves for example the broken leg thing again it's it's depicted as oh it, this is a terrible thing that's happened to someone when it's mental health it's seen as scary and something you can't control and actually you know if you don't understand it that person who's going through it doesn't understand it either and that can be one of the most difficult things because when you ask the person who's got that mental health issue or well, what's going on a lot of the time especially if it's something that's recently happened they've got no idea why it's happening where it's come from what has triggered it and actually what they need is support to try and understand why it's happening and what support there is that they can turn to
6: do you think that perhaps there is sort of a real lack of
7: awareness mm-hmm. and understanding yeah at york yeah definitely i don't think it's a specifically york kind of issue but i do think that we do need to get better at, at talking about it but also something that we as a campaign need to move on to is the fact that we're being very open about the issues that we've faced but now we need to start talking about where you can get support on and off campus because I know that um, a lot of the time there's very negative stereotypes towards the open door team and stuff like that so actually for some people the open door team isn't good or nightline isn't what they need and for some people they just do need to go straight to the doctors and be on medication and that's absolutely fine but they don't have to do that on campus there are places off campus where you can get support as well and that's what we need, as a campaign need to start doing and start talking about more
6: it's not easy talking about things and opening start. up and yeah. letting people know th- things are. Personal to you. Yeah. How's your experience been? Has, has it helped at all for you?
7: It was very scary knowing that people I knew would read something about me. Mm-hmm that they didn't previously know they probably suspected stuff but they probably didn't know well actually you know mm. she's been diagnosed with this so it's quite scary but I haven't had any negative reactions I've just had positive reactions I did think a lot about whether I do it or not and actually talking to my mum who I like, had the mental health problems when I was young talking to her about it she was like actually the only way that you're going to change attitudes towards it is by talking about it it's a very like grassroots thing it's just beginning to get people more familiar with talking about mental health and that it's not weird and actually if everyone feels stress if everyone feels anxiety then actually everyone has some sort of mental health issue that is going on and that doesn't have to be scary it's just a part of daily life
6: i think it's a fantastic scheme and thank you so much for setting it up and coming to talk to us jemima busby and tate whitehead who are behind the good day bad day scheme speaking there so it seems that students are really driving to improve mental health support across the university and getting people to talk about and open up about how they feel appears to be a really strong solution to the problem. Campaigns such as Good Day, Bad Day particularly take a lot of bravery and it's great to see students putting themselves out there to help mental health provisions progress.
1: Karis, thank you very much indeed. It's 23 minutes past six, you're listening to the ULY News Hour. Now after the USU election hysteria has now calmed down, What can be seen from the coverage is that students enjoyed the debate between the candidates that was chaired by Chancellor Greg Dyke, but what is significant is that many students believe that Greg works full-time at the university, but as Greg said himself, he doesn't get paid anything and is just a dignitary. So who who is in charge of the university? Well, it's certainly not Brian Cantor anymore. UY's George Lane and Naomi uh, Gilbert have 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 had to look into who the new Vice-Chancellor is.
9: Ron Cook, Brian Cantor, Beric Soule, and now, Cohen Lamberts, just some of the vice chancellors who are in charge of running the University of York. But who is Cohen Lamberts? Where has he been for the last term, and when are we going to meet him?
10: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our graduating students, to all our guests, to be with us uh, on a very special day. So I hope we'll be able to celebrate a marvellous occasion for all of you and now declare this congregation open for the conferment of awards.
9: One guaranteed way in which you will get to meet him is when you graduate. For many third years this is approaching very fast, but what about everyone else at the university? When are we going to get to meet him? Nine weeks into the job, there hasn't been a real formal recognition that he has taken charge. So why is it that a man with so much power, such a big pay packet, and a huge amount of responsibility for students at the University of York hasn't made a conscious effort to make himself visible? To the students. It was a long-running phenomenon that Brian Cantor was distanced from a student population, and when not jetting around the world or claiming large expenses, he was isolated in the management offices located at Heslington Hall. Cohen Lamberts, on the other hand, was seen as a fresh, young academic who could change the relationship between student and vice-chancellor. The question is to ask at first is, do you know who he is? Your wise Naomi Gilders has been out and about asking students who the man in the picture is.
11: Do you know who this man is? No idea. Uh, yes, he's the new Vice Chancellor.
3: No, I don't know who that man is. I I have no, idea. no idea. I've actually, never seen no this man idea. before. No.
11: Okay, so he's called Coren Lamberts and he is indeed our new Vice Chancellor. Okay. Do you think he should be more involved with students so they you know so that students actually know who he is? Of oh, course. Cool. I feel like
5: he should I mean, at least there should there should be at least something to tell people who he is, because I didn't even know there
3: was a new vice-chancellor. I don't know who the old vice-chancellor is, is either, to be <coughs> fair, There's no but... point in having any sort of governing role if there's no communication between the people that you're actually governing. I think I read something about it somewhere, but
8: never anything mentioning. Well, actually, he came to visit me on a work shift um, a few weeks ago, and he was genuinely really nice, and he seemed really interested in what we are doing, and he's really supportive of fundraising
11: for student activities. So, yeah, he seems all right.
5: Yeah, be an approachable face, but not necessarily
3: a, um, a uh,
5: unprofessional
11: do you think since he's got such an important role at the university he should be known by students at the least?
3: Uh, I, I think that it, it might improve any kind of popularity rating he has but then again as of, I don't know if he's necessarily running a popularity. Uh, I'd like to have a, a vice-chancellor who's kind of uh, involved and uh, transparent.
11: Do you think he should be more involved in the university?
5: Uh, Yes, especially I think he should get involved with Fly Got News for York, uh, one of the Comedy Society
1: shows, because we asked Brian Cantor to come on it for the entire time he was there, and he never did, and the fact he was so far removed from students probably explained why he was able to get away with so many expenses
5: scandals.
9: So who is Cohen Lambert's? Cohen Lamberts became a Vice-Chancellor of the University of York on the 1st of January 2014. Originally born in Hasselt in Belgium, he holds an undergraduate degree in philosophy and psychology, and a PhD in experimental psychology, all from the University of Leuven. Following a research appointment at the University of Chicago, he became a lecturer at the University of Birmingham, then moving to being a Professor of Cognitive Science at the University of Warwick before he moved to York at the start of his year. Now, when he first arrived, he is quoted as saying, I am enormously proud to be chosen to leave this great university. In only 50 years, York has forged a reputation in the UK and internationally for its outstanding teaching and world-class research. I look forward to the exciting challenge of making sure that the university continues to make a difference in the world in the years ahead. But how much does that relate to the students? Obviously, he's wanting to make the university world-class and outstanding, but only time will tell how engaged he is with the student population. So it's clear to us now that we know a little bit more about our new Vice-Chancellor, Cohen Lambert. After the Media Society has been promised interviews with him as soon as he's settled in, let's hope that he will be ready to talk to us in the summer term, as being a third of the way through this year means he's also a third of the way through his £251,892 salary. He looks forward to meeting him and finding out for students his intentions for the future of the University of York, a look at how he sees the facility development of HES East and HES West, and how he plans to improve the his reputation across the other members of a russell group more on that after the easter break but now back to you ben
1: george lane reporting there the body of missing York St. John student Megan Robert has been found in the River Ouse. It was found just south of York at Acaster Malbis on Sunday afternoon. Police confirmed it had been identified as Megan's the next day. She was last seen on CCTV by Lendl Bridge at the end of January. An inquest into her death was opened and adjourned yesterday. The river is currently being searched by North Yorkshire police for another missing person, Ben Clarkson. He disappeared after a night out on Saturday with fears he too could have Fallen in the river coming just days after Megan Roberts was found. River safety on nights out has come under the spotlight. These students think that sh- things should change to prevent incidents like this happening again.
12: People get so drunk on a night out and then it's so easy to fall in because there's not much like barrier. There, there aren't many barriers are there.
4: Uh, I've been down by the louser before and it's not really that well protected down there. Noises? I do think they should put more barriers down to be totally honest.
11: Very difficult when you live in a city which is dominated by a river You need to be careful And be wary of it Because it's such a dangerous thing mm. So
1: Do you think there's anything That could be done To make sure incidents like this Don't happen in the future
12: mm. Probably just like More like Awareness Should be advertised To everyone That they need to be wary of it And probably just stay away From the river
1: I think obviously It's a danger Because
3: if someone falls in They're not likely to get out So um, yeah, I think it's probably A good idea to like Sort of make it a little bit more safe Should even probably Close it off maybe Do you know Like on a night out Or something us like, yeah. so, certain late time Just like close off the area Or oh, cameras maybe, Yeah cameras done. and stuff sure, Because that's obviously um watching it. Yeah, probably just you need someone supervising it really because um you don't really want people losing their life you know, just from going go out and having a good time.
1: Well, as a reaction to the death of Megan Roberts and the disappearance of Ben Clarkson UC has put forward a plan for a Street Angels style initiative in York City Centre. It would involve students patrolling during nights out, aiming to reduce the number of vulnerable situations, reduce drug and alcohol related hospital admissions and to alleviate pressure on the emergency services. It will apparently Cost around two thousand two
5: hundred and forty pounds. You are why
1: it's six thirty. News hour. Still to come tonight, alumni funding is the focus of this week's Giving to York campaign.
13: Students and staff really benefit from the wide range of activity that's funded across the campus. And yeah, it's just about educating and raising awareness about the amount of money that's given.
1: That's one of the organisers, Sarah Phillips. Hear from her a bit later. Plus, what are you giving up for Lent? Nothing.
5: Nothing. Nothing, really.
1: Black buttons. Swearing. That's just a few of the people we asked today, more later on in the show. Plus, Mitch will be here with all of your latest sports news, including all the details of college varsity, which happened on Sunday. All of that and lots more still to come tonight. First, though, a look at your local news headlines with Harry Gagan.
7: The URY News Hour with Ben Basin.
1: Harry, right, thank you very much indeed. you listen to the URY News Hour at 6.33. Don't forget if you've got any opinions on the stories we're covering on tonight's show, you can voice them on our website for free, ury.org.uk, or give us a text on 07 851 101 313. Now, financial support from alumni has long been a lifeline for many activities on campus. A week-long scheme called Giving to York is running this week to highlight the support our alumni and friends provide to the university. URY's Richard done it has been finding out more
10: you may have seen around campus it is the giving to york event week i have interviewed sarah phillips who is a part of the development alumni relations team about this event and what it entails and who it is actually for
13: Oh, giving to York Week is something that happens once a year. Um, we started it about a year ago to really help educate our students and our staff on how important the value of alumni gifts um, is to the university. The students and staff really benefit from the wide range of activity that's funded across the campus. And yeah, it's just about educating and ma- raising awareness about the amount of money that's given.
10: So how will the donations contribute?
13: Well, at the minute, our Giving to York activity spans quite a few campaigns. Um, some of the students will be aware of... Like like our U Fund campaign, which is where club societies, colleges, departments can apply for funding. Um, this pot of money is fundraised together by our U Call team, who phone our alumni and friends of the university and ask for their support in helping projects and uh, funding say, swimming teams and polo clubs and, uh, gosh, the range of range of activity that we fund is quite immense. So are they very important? Oh, definitely, yes, indeed. Well, we like to think so, and I think the students really get the value out of it as well. I mean, it's not only just sort of activities and departments that benefit it's uh, bursaries a uh, hardship funds and things that are supported as well so
10: ranging from activities to infrastructure to welfare
13: yeah it really does it spans everything and i think it's, it's as you say it's like something that not everybody knows about or not everybody has really realizes how big an impact it has on everyday life at the university which
10: funding methods have you been doing because it started a year ago so.
13: well the, the, the giving to york week um, as I said, uh, we started that last year so this year's our second year to raise awareness about it but giving to york has been going on for years and years in fact it's started right back whenever the university was was first created and um, you know it's obviously was created of money that was donated or at least partly was and it's continued and alumni from say 50 years back now are still giving to the fund and continue to do so
10: so which are the funding methods Is it all-
13: well this year what we've launched is you start which you may have heard about around campus which is the university now has its own crowdfunding platform which just opens up the, the funding mechanisms much further alumni friends students families can all donate into little pots of money and um, which then go ahead and generate a, a, a much bigger gift with wider impact.
10: Is this directed more towards current students or alumni or students who are about to leave?
13: Well we can say current students put forward their projects and then we'll market those essentially to our alumni and give them the opportunity okay. to get involved and um, it's been a great campaign and we've had some some project really funded in it since it started in January.
10: Is it important for current students to know about this as well so in the future they will be able to?
13: Oh we, well as I say it's, it's all about sort of just raising awareness and um, hopefully I was going to say, maybe in 20 years' time when you feel more financially able, if you feel like you've benefited out of it at York and your time here, you'll feel like giving back at that stage. So at the minute, we we wouldn't ask students to give money per se, but it's like see what the funding applications you can apply for are, you know, uh, the different things that you can take part of. So Um,
10: what students might have felt there was missing. Yes,
13: exactly. And yeah, as I say, um, alumni funding raised money, for example, for the courtyard, really supported the USU side of things, and yeah, working with the Students' Union really closely to really give something back to the university.
10: It's on the lighter to finish. The bursary bear I read about. Oh, he's coming
13: round on Friday, yes. Friday. Um, we, we have loads of staff donors who really give back to students here, whether they're aware of it or not. And our bursary bear will be going round with thank you cards written by our students. We have numerous stands across the university this week, and students have been writing little thank you postcards. We'll be delivering those on Friday to um, staff members. And yeah, hopefully look out for them, that's I'm all I can awareness.
1: say. <laughs> Sarah Phillips talking to Richard Dunnett about the giving to walk York week a little bit earlier.
7: The URY News Hour with Ben Bason.
1: It's 22 minutes to seven years into the UOY News Hour now. News was out on campus yesterday, and Karis Brain joins me in the studio with a copy of it. So, Karis, what's in what's in today's paper?
6: Well, front page story: uh, we're back to Tokyo behaving kind of badly, actually. Now, in uh, I believe it was Vision a couple of weeks ago, we saw the article about the student who had, I think, whipped cream licked off his nipples.
1: That was it, um, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
6: I think it was. It wasn't in the best taste, I don't think. And this time. Um, Tokyo are in trouble again because a student was uh, whipped with a belt on stage whilst playing um, a Wheel of Doom game.
1: Wow. Um, I think this is the same game that was... The the whipped cream thing was a result of last time. So
6: they're continuing... They've been continuing with the game and it doesn't seem to have got any more tasteful. Um, But what's quite interesting is there's quite a lot of different opinions about it. Obviously, Callum Taylor and George Offer have both spoken out and said you know, this is a problem, it needs to stop, and they will actually potentially consider um, ending their contract with Tokyo and stopping Tokyo Thursdays as an endorsed USU night um, if this continues. Um, but a lot of students, I mean, some students are saying, well, you know, consent—it it is consensual, what's the problem, you know, what you're getting into. Another student said, yes, but, you know, it, it's degrading, and who's to say that they didn't feel pressured into saying yes, which I think is a very valid point. Um, and according to adele lord who's uh manager at tokyo they have actually now cut the game wild doom's not going to be happening anymore and they've uh sacked the dj in charge so obviously i mean but you have to question whether it should have happened again in the second you know Mm -hmm. it should have happened a second time like it's good that they've stopped it now but i mean who thought it was a good idea
1: yeah who gave that the green lights i suppose um so we should be not seeing them on the front page of any papers and the future because well, this game's this game's over now
6: i think i think the game's over and obviously saying to tokyo that we will stop your contract that's a lot of money mm. you two affiliation very important to the club so i think that's sent home a
1: strong message and we will see it again it's
6: unnecessary mm. really
1: yeah anything else could catch your eye in today's news
6: well um kind of along the lines of uh student events but going back to campus events project Project D, which is the replacement for Big D, which happens in the summer... Um, has sold out of its first group of pre-sale tickets in one day.
1: Wow, pretty impressive.
6: It's really exciting, actually. So I think it's it's the same sort of kind of setup as um, Big D by the sounds of it. They'll have two bars, Courtyard and D-Bar. They'll have uh, Hendrix Hall um, music in there and some more in D-Bar. So I don't know whether it's going to be slightly smaller, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not really sure what their plans are. Um, but I think it's really interesting and a really good thing for on-campus events that... Um, there's been so much interest and positivity towards it in the first place because there was questions of whether it's going to happen again.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, because there was a big thing, wasn't there, when Big D got cancelled in the first place? But it's, it's good news that the replacements, seeming popular.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and kind of as far as uh, other stuffs concerned, uh, bits and pieces. Interestingly, about uh, there's going to be a treatment centre for York drunks potentially. So rather than having to go to A and E um, if you had smashed, you can head to these specialist. Um, like kind of pop-up treatment centres which will be open at weekends to take the pressure off of emergency services. Um, Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, kind of a place, basically, you know, they'll just have facilities for people coming in who found too drunk to go home, really. So sober them up and uh, ease off of sending people to A&E, which I think is a fantastic thing. And obviously we're seeing a lot of um, drinking-related problems as we've had, you know, people going to the ooze and stuff. So I think... York seems to be taking a really good stance against the fact that yes things perhaps getting a bit out of control drinking wise in the city um and helping to alleviate the problem
1: brilliant okay well Karis thank you very much indeed if you want to have a look at um noose for yourself it's out on campus now you listen to the UOY news hour it is 18 minutes to seven and it's time for an update with all of your sports news with Mitch Holder Mansfield Mitch
0: Thanks Ben. The inaugural York vs Durham College varsity took place in York on Sunday, in an event that saw the two universities battle for the bragging rights in seven sports across 16 fixtures. The visitors took an early and ultimately unassailable 14-3 lead in the morning, taking the points in four of the first five fixtures before maintaining a strong buffer throughout much of the day. The home side did however manage to reduce the deficit in a stirring late comeback that saw them take victory in three of the final four fixtures, forcing the tournament right to the wire. A win for York in the final showdown of the afternoon would have seen them rescue an unlikely draw but a dramatic 28-38 defeat for Halifax in the netball first match meant that the hosts fell agonisingly short and that Durham would be returning north with the trophy. The final score york 27 points durham 37 points i was at the event's closing ceremony to see the awards and speeches and to get a sense of how the day had gone beyond the result itself
7: so, it's
3: Texas Guillory, I was the Vanmer mascot today. And I'm Michael Duncan, I'm Vanmer JCLC chair. Luke, how's the day gone? It's gone really well so far. Uh, came second in the mascot
0: race, highest York mascot for the day. Vanmer women's football uh, won their game, and so uh, that went really well. Excellent, so you're proud of how your college performed today, Mike? Extremely
3: proud. I think we're the only college with a 100% record in everything we competed in, and the 6-1 victory over Houston was a really emphatic victory as well, so we're really happy.
0: Brilliant. Any standout individual performances? I mean, all of them.
3: Definitely, there was some great stuff from uh from all the girls but definitely mentioned is uh, Maria Davies the captain who got a final goal and it was an absolute beauty so really topped off the game okay. And overall I think yeah it was a really nice day and it's good to see a lot of turn out the really good events as well
0: Great. so Luke by night it's Luke but by day you've been the Brad Duck is that right? Duck Norris yeah Duck Norris has it been warm in there today? oh it's been so warm <laughs> when I was outside earlier
3: today it was nice because it's cold outside but once you go inside it's, it gets so warm
0: and what were you bringing to the spirit how are you motivating your team? Ah um. Well, I've, I've done a little bit of dancing here and there.
3: Uh, I've shared the head around from time to time. A few motivational hugs as well. Yeah, some motivational, motivational hugs, hugs here and there. Nice. going.
0: Yeah. And Doug Norris is going to sleep well tonight. Probably. It's had a
3: busy weekend, right. so it's going to be, yeah, well-deserved. Right. Head
0: got stolen last night. Came back today. What are the prospects for next year, do you think? you want revenge? I think we want revenge, but I think it's good. I think it, it's
3: sort of puts us in a position where we can see what we've done wrong and how we deal with college sport generally and go from there. But I think had a really, really good performance overall. And I think we've surprised some people as well, that we've, we've done as well as we have, so that's nice. Having a college system, college sports is one of the best features of that, yeah. and we really need to make as much as we, as we can, so more funding, more training, more things we can do, that's the way to go now, and hopefully this, this
12: shows that we can really, once we've got that,
3: go even further than we have already.
0: Great. I agree. And Don't you'll Norris. be there again next year. Duck Norris. Uh, if I'm asked to do it, I will answer the call.
12: Hello, I'm Hannah Lowther, I'm the Team Durham President from Durham University, Head of the Athletic Union. It's been a wonderful day here in York, really exciting to have the first varsity between Durham and York and we're looking forward to hosting next year in Durham. It was very close between the two sides. Durham, we just won by 10 points, but really great matches all throughout the day and really really proud of both sides and it really proves how important college sport is at university level.
0: Hannah, congratulations on your victory. You already mentioned next year. Is that definitely uh, cancelled in now for York to come and take revenge at Durham?
12: It certainly is. Yes, we look forward to hosting you and see who can take the title next year. It's been a brilliant day and Cass and her team have all been organised so well. Any stand-up performances for you? I think the the final game, the netball match, was the deciding one. So there was a big crowd there and everyone was cheering for their side. So it was great fun.
0: Are you going to say the best team won?
12: We'll see. I think this, this year Durham took the lead, but... York's
0: next thank you very much for coming down and congratulations
12: on the victory thank
0: you Dave Washington
14: how'd it go? really well it's uh, been a fantastic day thank you very much to Durham for coming down supporting the event so well thank you very much for everyone from York who's played watched support of their teams. It's been a fantastic atmosphere. Okay, yes, we lost in the end very narrowly, but it's been a brilliant day, a fantastic advertisement for college sport, and I'm delighted with how it's gone.
0: Came agonisingly close in the end to rescuing a draw, but you must be proud of the spirit
14: showed by the team. Indeed. This afternoon, we had some fantastic results. At one stage in the morning, we thought we were heading towards a complete whitewashing, in Durham's favour, but as you say, we showed great spirit this afternoon, a number of brilliant victories, and in the end, it was very, very close, and we could have pipped a draw Did the best team win? I think so. Durham Durham are very, very good at college sport. They're sort of the, the model to aim towards. And today we showed that we're not that far away. We were able to compete with them in almost every fixture It was very close. So there's a lot of positives to take out today, a lot to build on for years to come. If we can develop the college sport system further over the next 12 months, we'll be in a healthy state to compete against Durham then.
0: That was York College Sport Officer Dave Washington speaking to me there as a largely successful first York and Durham College Varsity came to a close. And so Durham will be the first name etched into the new College Varsity Trophy, but for York, there's always roses. And after a spirited performance here, the York Sport Union will be heading into that next term with pride and confidence very much intact. And talking of confidence heading into Roses, it's been a remarkable day of Buck success for York, having gained an incredible six promotions from a possible six at the start of play. The men's football first kicked things off in the best possible way with a resounding 3-0 win over Leeds Met, that result securing both promotion and the Northern Premier 3B title for the team. And there was also promotion joy for York's tabletop and golf team whose 4-2 win over Manchester sends them into the Northern 1A league. The York women's rugby team maintained the promotion momentum with a draw against Durham that sees them also move up a division before the men's football seconds followed suit with a win over Northumbria. The women's netball first made it a brilliant five from five after narrowly overcoming Sheffield in a dramatic 52-42 victory in the York Sport Tent leaving it to the squash men's first to complete the set this afternoon. And so in what we knew would be a decisive day for the Black and Golds, York have bounced back from any college varsity disappointment there may have been with a quite extraordinary six promotions from a possible six, proving that York Sport is, for today at least, quite literally a league above. Congratulations to all the promoted sides. (laughs) Leaving you now with your latest international sports news as England prepare to face Denmark at Wembley tonight, where manager Roy Hodgson will get a final chance to look at his team before naming his initial World Cup squad in May. Southampton's highly rated left-back Luke Shaw is expected to make his debut in the friendly. His club teammate Adam Lallana is also hoping to reach Brazil. The midfielder says all the players will be looking to prove their worth of a place in the final squad. Elsewhere in football, Inter Milan have confirmed Manchester United captain Nemanja Vidic will join the Italian club this summer. The Serbian defender announced he was to leave Old Trafford last month. Vidic made his United debut in 2006 and has been their captain since 2010. In rugby, Jonathan Davis has been recalled to the Wales team for Sunday's Rugby Union Six Nations match against England at Twickenham. He's recovered from a pectoral injury. Lock Alan Wynne jones is also back following a foot infection. Following his impressive performances against France, scrum half Rhys Webb retains his place in the side ahead of Mike Phillips, who's named on the bench. British tennis player Ross Hutchins has been appointed the new tournament director of the Queen's Club Championships. The grass court event is the traditional warm-up for Wimbledon. Hutchins is a doubles specialist and only recently returned to the professional tour after recovering from Hodgkin's lymphoma. Outside of Queens, he'll continue to be playing career as normal. And finally, British Olympic heptathlon gold medalist Jessica Ennis-Hill doesn't think there's anything cynical about athletes taking time to commit to the Commonwealth Games. Mo Farah and Usain Bolt haven't yet confirmed whether or not they'll compete in Glasgow. Ennis-Hill will miss the event as she's expecting her first child. That's all from me this time. But if you missed last week's UOY Sports Hour, you can now podcast the show on the online UOY player or by following the link on our Twitter page at URY Sports or Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash URY Sports. The URY Sports Hour will be back in the summer, but for now, back to you, Ben.
1: The URY News Hour with Ben Basin. Mitch, thank you very much indeed. You're listening to the URY News Hour. It's nine minutes to seven. Don't forget, if you want to voice your opinion on any of the stories we're covering tonight, you can get on our website, ury.org.uk. Send us a message for free there, or give us a text on 07851-101-313. Now, as most of you will know, yesterday was Pancake Day, the one day a year when we feel justified to eat our approximate body weight in flat, floury goodness, until we are no longer able to move. The end of Pancake Day also sparks the beginning of Lent, 40 days and 40 nights where we promise to resist temptation and give something up. What well, are you giving up? Anything for Lent? Are you still lying in bed groaning due to pancake overload? Your wise Naomi Gildert went out onto campus to ask a few of you and find out and she joins you in the studio now. Naomi. Hey
11: Ben. Yeah, so everybody loves pancake day, the whole covering your kitchen in flour, flipping the pancakes and having them stick to the ceiling, stereotypically burning the first batch what did you have pancakes yesterday
1: i didn't actually have any pancakes yesterday i feel quite cheated i really should have shouldn't i yeah
11: i made i made the effort to go to courtyard and, and i had i had pancakes there. of course they do pancakes at courtyard now don't yeah that's like brilliant the thick american ones as well oh, like banana and butterscotch
1: amazing
11: yeah so it was um i think it's a great way to spend the tuesday but anyway yeah so i um went out and asked quite a few people what they have on their pancakes and and some of the toppings are actually a little bit weird
1: Let's find out. What's your
11: favourite pancake topping?
1: More pancake. Classic lemon and sugar.
3: jam. because I forgot to buy lemons. Plain. Strawberries. I would go for
1: banana and chocolate, I think.
3: Grapes. Gourmet syrup and sugar. Marmite and hummus.
13: Plain, just a bit of sugar, maybe a
11: little bit of chocolate.
1: Maple syrup, I think. Black pudding.
11: I'd like to think the Marmite and the hummus one was a bit of a
1: joke. I would really hope so. That sounds horrible.
11: <laughs> <laughs> just, like, the weirdest combination Definitely. ever. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, obviously, with pancake day over, now, Lent has officially begun. Um, And I think it probably gives us all the opportunity to inevitably fail at giving up a bad habit
1: true are you are you giving anything up i'm not actually i, never, I don't think i've ever given up anything for lent that's mm. quite bad isn't it i think i've
11: been all like yeah i will and then i end just not uh, forgotten <laughs> i think i think i've never actually managed to make it 40 days i don't think anyone has ever yeah, in the history in the of history life of the, no yeah. it's never happened is it i used to always be like oh I'll, I'll give up biting my nails and then i never would and now i just have <laughs> anyway so <laughs> um, but yeah, so I asked everyone as well what they're giving up for Lent, uh, and there was quite a wide range. So let's let's hear that. What are you giving up for Lent?
1: Nothing.
5: Nothing. Nothing, really. Black bottles. Swearing. I'm giving up sucking my thumb.
3: I gave up smoking at Christmas, so I think if I just pass it off as that I'm giving it off for Lent. With my, my deadline schedule, probably sleep. It'll be a busy week, yeah. so I might be giving up sleep. Being indecisive, because it has taken me maybe an hour to answer this question.
11: <laughs> so yeah, it seems like a big favourite for students this year is to either not give anything up at all, or to give up sleep in favour of deadlines, which I thought was... Is quite interesting that's never good is it i know
1: it was like ah uh, probably probably so she should. probably shouldn't give up sleep it's no, not healthy <laughs> it's, it's not
11: one of those things where it's like i'm gonna give this up to benefit my health it's like <laughs> ugh. but yeah so twitter posted a list of the top 100 things its users decided to give up for lent last year um and there were some really great ones as well like giving up things was on the list sobriety boys Breathing—that's not healthy either. Would not recommend that. <laughs> New Year's resolutions of um, <laughs> caring and being nice—that's <laughs> awful.
1: <laughs> it's, I'm going to give up being nice for Lent. Brilliant. Just, just why not? Um, so
11: yeah, in case anyone's run out of ideas and they still want to give themselves a challenge by giving up for Lent, uh, giving something up for Lent. The top ten was at ten, it was meat. Nine sweets. Sex um, Fast food Which is probably a standard Six is Facebook I mean it does ruin your life Yeah Five So soda Fizzy drinks uh, Four is alcohol That's probably a pretty common one as well mm-hmm. Three is swearing Two is chocolate And then surprisingly at Number one of the top things That Twitter users Last year Said that they were giving up Was in fact Twitter itself So Wow they haven't done a very good job, really, have they? No, I think, they I took think it to Twitter to say that they'd given up Twitter. I think I think that was probably you know the record shortest <laughs> ever. But for anyone that's taking part in Lent
1: this year, best of luck. Yeah, thank you Ben thank you very much Naomi you're listening to the URL News Hour it's 5 minutes to 7 finally on tonight's show Callum Taylor has appeared on Azerbaijani TV yeah that's right the YouTube president travelled to the country last week as part of the International Coalition for Peace and Securities Remembrance of the Kojali Genocide and he appeared on the YURD TV last Wednesday Claire Thomas reports
7: thank you Ben Unusually attentive York students with somewhat unusual television tastes were shocked to see their president on the Azerbaijani TV station IARD TV broadcast from the Alley of Martyrs in Baku. He was invited to lay a flower as part of the coalition in memory of the hundreds of victims of the 1992 massacre, missing some of the election week for next year's EU positions in the process.
4: Quite a
1: complicated area, Vermir. Mən dostlarımın dəvəti ilə Azərbaycanda qonaqam. Təhsil aldığım universitetdə də tələbələrdən çox ki, ölkəmə geri dönəndə Azərbaycanı tanıda bilmək üçün
0: yetərincə məlumat toplayım.
1: There you go. That's Callum Taylor on Azerbaijani TV a couple of days ago. Um, no idea what he was saying, but um, I'm sure you can work it out for yourself. Right, well that's about it for the UI News Hour for today. Thank you very much for tuning in, and in fact it's it for the UI News Hour for this term. Um, we'll be back after Easter, and with a new term we'll have a new presenter. George Lane will be hosting the show um, from the start of next term, so look forward to that. In the meantime, over Easter, don't forget you can keep up to date with everything that's happening on campus and around York on our Facebook and Twitter pages. We're at facebook.com slash URY news. We're on Twitter as well. We're at URY news on there. Thank you very much for listening tonight. We'll leave you though with the latest international um, headlines with Harry Gagan.